Jim Pascoe and Tom Fossbender met in the comic book industry. In 1996, they founded Ugly Town Productions. They created a bowling alley murder mystery called By the Balls, ostensibly written by Dashiell Loveless. First run as a serial on their Ugly Town website. Since then, Ugly Town has gone on to publish the work of noted authors such as Sean Doolittle, author of Dirt and Burn, Kurt Colbert, Nathan Walpow, and Mark T. Conrad. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thanks. Thank you, sir. Glad to be here. Now, you gentlemen met in the comic book industry. What were you doing? Uh, I was working um, in distribution. I was uh, editing and uh, a catalog. It's kind of like um, what's coming up, what's hot, what's new. And I was doing a you know, number of interviews and, and things like that that ran in this catalog as a retail aide. Uh, and you're Tom, right? That's Just correct. I'm Tom. <laughs> Sorry. Hi, I'm Jim. And uh, yeah, what uh, we were basically uh, we were basically gadflies, you know, trying to uh, trying to sort of make our way as writers as we worked different uh, jobs, both as Tom said in distribution and um, in marketing and things like that. Trying to trying to find our way to 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 get to the to the, the this holy light at the end of the tunnel. Which holy light was? To be a writer. To be a writer. To tell our stories. And what brought you to found Ugly Town? How did you get together to write a pulp mystery? Well, for a number of years, we uh, would um, get together in bars where we tend to hang out and uh, commiserate with each other about this, the state of the industry and, and always come up with the kind of solution that the world would be a much better place if everybody would just listen to us. And uh, so after many years of uh, saying this, we finally decided, you know what, let's just put our money where our mouth is and just do it ourselves. And, uh, and it really, it became <clears throat> this, this idea that, this empowerment idea that it, it wasn't, it, it, instead of it being, we need to find somebody who will pay us a lot of money to do what, what it is that we want to do. We thought, well, we have the ability to do exactly what we dream. We have the ability to listen to each other, to tell the stories that we want to tell, to create the, the kind of product and the kind of book that we love to read. Um, and, and we just refused to, to let anything uh, stand in our way of that vision. So when you started, were you intending to be a web-only serial site, or were you intending to go to print? Uh, we, yeah, we always intended to go to print with by the balls. That was um, the the idea was we were writers like we were writers of of stuff. We wrote stuff. We wrote like, you know I don't know if you need a, a bible or a treatment or a screenplay, whatever you need, we would we would write it. And it was hard to kind of get people on board with that. So one, uh, we decided we needed a writing sample, something that was in essence a big business card that we could go, and people would say, oh, what have you done? Well, we've done this. So that's kind of uh, how we started um, writing the book. And then as we moved along, we were having such a good time, and we were thought, you know, this is a book. Why don't we publish it in a traditional fashion and get it out there? As long as we have this product, let's see what we can't do with it. Uh, it was a bigger business card then. Yeah, yeah it was. Uh, yeah, it was. It was a little thick, uh, but it, it was. But it really sort of helped establish who we were and and ultimately who we would become as publishers because it. It was all about our love of telling stories and trying to get that into the hands of, of readers, and and so even when we made the 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 inevitable jump 
a few years later and said, wow, this, this publishing company that we sort of found ourselves creating, uh, you know, out of necessity, it's, it's an entity of itself that now could really be used to get other writers who are like-minded, uh, that have that have stories to tell, we can become the vehicle for those stories, and we can do them in a way that, as writers ourselves, we understand what what the priorities are. We understand what their dreams are, uh, and and we want to be able to use our experience at the time, perhaps humble, and now you know, <laughs> getting a, may, maybe maybe a little less humble. We can use that experience to to bring this family of writers together and and unite them with 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 readers so that you know that they can they they can be as excited as we are when we first read the manuscripts your influences are definitely in pulp and hard-boiled fiction and comics obviously yes could you talk about how you went from writing for comics and i understand too you wrote for commercials and writing whatever you could to writing a hard-boiled mystery and then into publishing take us through that journey a little bit that's a good question, um, and it, it was fairly circuitous. Um, we uh, the the grand story is is the the story of of Dasha Lovelace, who's the, the fictional author of, of By the Balls. I mean, we we had a story for him, um, and it was a story that we've had for a while. And it started out as a uh, comic book, um, and when we decided to start this this uh, you know, going down the road of Ugly Town, we thought, okay, this is this is probably the you know strongest idea we have. This is the most fleshed out. This is the mo- one we're most excited about to write. And we started to write that story, and um, the whole the whole idea, if you're, uh, you know, as we've kind of spelled out in by the balls, is that Dasha Lovelace is a writer of Pulp Fiction, and uh, so as we were writing Dasha Lovelace's story, we kind of got hung up on. Like well, we can't really write Dasha Lovelace's story until we know what the stories are that he wrote. So almost as as like a writing exercise, a um, uh, writer's block freeing exercise, we decided to go and uh, write the story that he wrote, and we had such a fun time with it. Um, and and very much as you said, it, he's grounded in the world of Hammett and uh, and um, Chandler and Woolrich and and these these great classic noir pulp writers and uh so we decided let's write this book and uh we had such a good time with it that we that's that's kind of where we started we we found ourselves tom used the word exercise and i think that's that's something that we say a lot because what really happened was like a lot of young writers we wanted to write the great american novel we wanted to write a book that was important that people would respect um and that's what we had this idea for and and of course you know, we had big ideas, and we didn't have a whole lot of experience, and you know, we and it was, and we found that it was very difficult, and and so as Tom said, when when we had this idea of like, oh, let's let's write this this sort of nonsense book by the balls as an exercise, we found ourselves sort of freed up because in many ways we we almost started writing it as like, well, it doesn't have to be good. Yeah, we we, you know, we thought like um, we'll write a book and it'll be bad. You know, <laughs> which and it's like that's and, not and that was, a good idea. <laughs> and that was and that was part of like the, the shtick. We were like, you know, oh, you know, like we'll just write it and it'd be able to be trashy. And we were even thinking like, let's make it intentionally bad. Let's let's re-. and then all of a sudden, what happened is that kind of freedom just 
it just opened us, uh, opened up our, our our talents and our ability, our mind, and and all of a sudden we were we were just cranking on this book, and you know we started to kind of like it, and we started to sort of like start feeling like maybe we shouldn't make this so bad. Maybe we should try to make it actually good. That's, you know, that's a, that's a pretty neat idea, maybe. I think, I think somebody, readers, somebody might actually want to read it. Yeah, I mean, come <laughs> on. Um, and, and so I, I think that, th like, it was, it was that, that idea that made us appreciate um, more than ever. And, and certainly, you know, we, we grew up reading uh, science fiction and, and mysteries and things like that. But it was here that we kind of, discovered i think uh, a little bit of a hidden gem and and uh i think that this is this secret is is starting to get out of the bag i think jg ballard knows it i think um dave edgars knows it i think that you know a lot of these uh, michael chabon knows it and that is that there is there's a power in genre fiction and there's a reason that genres exist and it's not to to only sell to a very small niche market it's because these stories uh have a a, a meatiness to it that allow you to to, to talk about things uh, in a way that perhaps is not super serious, but somehow gets to to a, to a more real truth. I'm not going to try to say that "By the Balls" is a, a philosophical essay or anything like that, but it. But I think that "By the Balls" captures who Tom and I are, and it, and it really does speak to something. And and it and in in a way that if we tried to write something seriously. Um, we probably wouldn't have been as serious, if that makes any sense. It does. Could you talk about the collaborative process? Well, Tom writes all the verbs and adverbs, and I write all the nouns. And, I, uh, I'm a bit, I, li I like the gerunds. Yeah, and so, you know, we... we no, okay, I'm just, well, we're just kidding here. We're having, having some fun on the radio, people. Calm down. Um, uh, we're, we're big fans of, uh, of, of bar talk. And uh, and and oral storytelling and sitting around with a couple drinks and uh, and spinning yarns, you know, raconteurs, if you will. Uh, it it seems sort of natural for Tom and I to to sit down with an idea and and, and entertain each other and some drinks, uh, you know, and 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 really sort of say like, well, what if what if this happened and what if that happened? And we we find that. That there's a way that that our storytelling uh, becomes, you know, a lot less uh, staid and, and and dry and, and structured uh, because it's it's sort of built on this verbal excitement and and by doing that we're able to uh, to get outlines uh, that. That that feel like we, you know not only can we agree on them but but they're you know they're they're a little more organic um, and really sort of at that point it's it's a lot easier to just throw you know chapters back and forth and um, we all we, we we truly believe that the key to good collaboration is a, 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 an absence of ego and, and believe me uh, the people out there can can know for a certainty that we have very very large egos uh, you know. Uh, I mean, the microphone's getting a little crowded out here because of our egos. But, but re really, the point is that when we work together, when we sit down, it is not about competing with each other. It is not about I, I got to impress Tom because you know he's not going to think I'm a very good writer. It, it it is about I trust in his abilities so much that I can I, I can be vulnerable on a page and and open up, knowing that that Tom will work his magic 
and and make that better and you know and and vice versa it gets to a point where you get like every writer gets stuck on an idea on a concept on a word what 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 have you and, and it gets to the point that you can you can agonize over that and you can sit there and you can you know stare at the computer stare at the blank page and not know what to do um where do i go what do i say what what what's next but you know in the collaboration process it's easy to go put some brackets you know color color do it do a red color do a highlight <laughs> whatever and say like something happens here kind of like this but i don't quite know how to get from this point to where i'm going what do you think and 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 then when I'll hand it over to Jim, Jim will go, oh, I now I get where you're going. I think, like, how about this works? And then, then at that point, these sticking points we have, we'll knock it back and forth. And I'll be like, that's close, but not quite what I'm thinking. I was thinking more like this. And, and you know, we've had uh, – there was always – there were, there have been times when we were doing a scene, writing a scene, and we're throwing ideas back and forth. And it's always says like, well, what about this concept? We're like, no, that's not quite right. But when it's right, it it's right. We both go, that's it. That's perfect. That's exactly what we want that to be. We try to really take this this idea of collaboration that that we have uh, built built upon as as writers ourselves with our two novel our two mystery novels, uh, our work on Buffy the Vampire Slayer and comics, which we've done, um, and. And, and try to bring that to the table in our publishing company, so that um, while we are we don't claim to be the the, the co-writers of all of the the, the, the books that we put out, uh, we we sort of have that that camaraderie with our authors to to know that like you know once 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 we accept your book into our company, it's no longer about like you know you need to impress us or you need to show off it's about let's get the best book out of you as possible you know and if that means you know being open with us and talking about you know what you don't like about the book, what you feel like the book lacks you know let, let's let's both use our experience and then the experience of other authors in our house, in our family, that we can talk to, we can have a discussion about trying to make the best book possible. For publishers of noir and hard-boiled fiction, your books have a kind of gentle sweetness to them. They're not, they're, you call yourselves Ugly Town, but your books aren't ugly. They're fascinating. They're hard-edged, but they're not, I guess, evil is a word I'd use or or. Ugly. We are working on that. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's, it's hard. Evil is not easy. Uh, people think that it is, but it's not. Um, no, we um, we love books, and and we always want we want to make books that, like you say, people like. They like to read. They like to pick up. They feel good. They look good. We spend a lot of time um, agonizing over cover design, book design, um, just the little nuances, everything that goes down to letter spacing and, and letting that that. that that most people aren't going to notice, but uh, but we're really perfectionistic when it comes to designing these books, and uh, we, they turn out great because of it, and, and they really resonate with people. People like the way the books look. They like the way they feel, and that makes us really happy. Could you talk about how you bring authors to your publishing company? I mean, you were publishing yourself. You've written, you wrote your first book, By the Balls, mm -hmm. and your second book. Um, could you tell us how you made the leap to bringing in more authors under Ugly Town? Sure, that's uh, that was actually fairly easy um, because there are a lot of authors out there who are they're you know they need to be they want to be published and 
once we started uh, branching out and getting known, we just started getting submissions. Um, we didn't even really have to do a call for submissions. <laughs> we didn't have to beg people to send us manuscripts. It was probably day one. Like the buy the balls came out, and like you know, we went to the mail. I was like, "What's this? It's a submission." You know. And, I, and if I remember, that submission was particularly. Nutty. Uh, uh, that uh, that particular they, guy. They were a little tough to weed through in the early days, mm-hmm. let's just say. Um, but you know, I mean, basically, I mean, right away with getting mm-hmm. that those those number of submissions, uh, after having a few chuckles on some of the maybe less polished of them, uh, it was really eye opening to read a to read a manuscript or you know, really a, a small sample of writing, which is usually what we ask for, um, and, and and kind of like look at each other and go. This isn't. This isn't really bad. This is. This is pretty. I. I, I want to read more of this, and then being able to 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 ask for the manuscript and say like, "Wow, this is, this is really. This is something that I I, I, I like. I can get behind." Um. And 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 I, again, I think that um, going to you know going now to where we are, where we're, we get you know just uh, so many submissions, we need to have an intern sort of sort through them. Uh, it's you know it's we're a little slow at, at, on the uptake in terms of uh getting back to people on that stuff because there's because we still believe in reading through this stuff and and trying to find that uh that gem, but but it pays off you know it's when we when we can find those books like you know, Sean Doolittle's Dirt and Victor Gishler's Gun Monkeys and Kurt Colbert's Rat City I mean these are these are books that have uh done very well. For us and our uh, books that we believe in and believed in right from the beginning. Tell us a little bit about your anthology you did with Sisters in Crime. Who Sisters in Crime are and how you got hooked up with them. The uh, we joined an organization called Sisters in Crime. Uh, we joined the Los Angeles chapter. Um, they're a national organization that promotes women in mysteries, whether it's reading mysteries, writing mysteries, editing mysteries, whatever role there is in the publishing field. It promotes women in those roles, um, and it's a great organization. And uh, they, we went to, uh, I think it was even our first meeting, and they had this anthology that they've been putting together as kind of a, you know, showcase of, of the talent that was in the Los Angeles chapter. And they were uh, they were looking for a publisher, and this was right at a time when we'd been considering uh, we'd done our first two books, uh, By the Balls and Five Shots in a Funeral. And uh, we were considering expanding our line, and we thought this was would be a good kind of jumping off point for that. It was, uh, you know, it was stories we believed in. One of the stories was uh, Nathan Walpole's Push Comes to Shove, which was picked as one of the best American mystery stories of 2001. And we just went ahead, and uh, you know, we worked with these we we worked with the uh, the the writers and the editors to to make the book, figure out what they wanted the book to look like, and. It was, in many ways, it was our first, it was a good learning experience. It was our, the first book that we did that wasn't ours, and uh, we had a good time. I'm wondering if you could talk about the choice of setting up a publisher in L.A. as opposed to New York, why you made that choice. West Side rules! Because <laughs> um, we, we like sunshine, um, and we, we lived in L.A., and, uh, and, and, you know, especially like in the in the old days, New York was the place to be for publishing. Um, but I, that's not true anymore. There there's so many publishers on the West Coast um, that location doesn't matter. Federal Express, UPS, um, Priority Mail, all that, all these modern the internet, especially all these modern conveniences have made the necessity of having a publishing house in New York 
kind of obsolete. Could you talk about you? You're here. You are. You're two guys. You've got this book. You want to publish. You want to print it. How did you pick your printer? Are you still with that printer? How do you get to the point from having a manuscript to having a published book? Well, you know, we have a you know part of our sort of vast and varied comic book experience is what we like to to call it uh, was was working in, in in different capacities in the the publishing realm you know we we've already mentioned distribution but one of the things that w- that we have done as sort of odd jobs was uh, graphic design and, and printing and so we sort of knew um, we knew some printers who were mainly comic book printers at the, um, uh, but it was enough for us to know the kind of questions that we needed to ask and again we didn't have all of the the questions by any means but uh, it but allowed us to, to you know Pick up a phone book and you know call some printers and say, hey, you know, can you can you print books and can you follow these specs and how much is it going to cost? And um, you know, we found a printer early on that uh, that that did essentially what we needed them to do. It was actually very challenging for buy the balls because, uh, and this is radio, so I can't show it to you, but um, but it's it, it's our, our 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 first two books are designed like pulp artifacts. They're designed to be 1947 books down to the cover design, which is garish, the uh, the, the sort of old style typography inside, um, to you know the Flim- flimsy paper. We we needed a flimsy paper that, uh, unlike other books that we've done since, um, that have a nice like acid free stock. We needed something that was really designed to decay. And uh, and and and, 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 and you know you the the challenges in dealing with printers who would say like oh you know for you know for just a little bit more money I can give you this very classy paper and you know and you know this I can tell this book that you're putting together is going to be a collectible you know and blah blah and we're like no you don't understand we want the book to fall apart we want the book to to get yellow and we want it to be sun damaged and like you know that that is part of of what we're creating it's it's you know in this like sort of time capsule esque thing. Um, uh, that is not what we're you know trying to do with our contemporary books, uh, and and we've been lucky to uh, through in the process of printing several books find a printer that we feel very comfortable with who you know matches matches a good price but maintains a very high level of quality uh, in in terms of their ability to print because we really feel that that is one of the main areas in which we can be truly competitive with the big boys in New York. Um, you know we don't we don't have the money that they have. We don't have the manpower that they have. Um, we not, we may not even yet have the distribution that they have um, in terms of the machinery. But what we do have is every single ounce of quality and and design and aesthetic and and style that they have, and and more so. And that's what what, what puts our books at the very least on a competitive level with them. And and we really honestly feel and believe better than them. Could you talk about your distribution? How did you choose it? Where are you available? Um, we are nationally available. We're distributed by a company called Words out of Oakland, California. Uh, great people. Um, they actually chose us. Uh, we were in the process of um, shopping around, uh, looking at different distributors, and they, they came to us and said, hey, we, we like your product. We would like to distribute your books, which is really the dream position for anybody to be in who's – when, when you're looking at this vast sea of distributors and, and, and trying to go through the process of selling yourself to them to have somebody come up and go, we want you, it was great. And um, we've been with them for three years. 
four, three years? Four, it t this yeah. time blends together. Yeah. These, these book seasons really uh, play with your head when you're working six, eight, ten months in the future. Um, but uh, they have done very well by us, and and you know it's you. It, it's it, it's very clear to us. It became clear a, a, a long while ago, actually, that uh, that we probably mm. would not be in business uh, still if it wasn't for words. They, I mean, they they have really gone a long way to, to making our books available, specifically to the independent book uh, market, which is our bread and butter. Your books have a slightly peculiar convention. <laughs> that would be people this mystery is about and what this mystery is about. Tell us why and what you do with those. Again, that, that came from, that was something that uh, the, the Dell mapbacks, uh, with the, the, these pulp books from the 40s that we kind of recreated by the balls and five shots in their image. Um, that's something that they did um, in, in all of their books. And we spent a lot of time, as we started branching out and publishing other people, we spent a lot of time in bookstores, um, both chains and independents, watching people shop for books and how they did that and what they looked for. And uh, people will pick up a book, and most books have some kind of random excerpt from the middle of the book in the front page, sometimes heavily edited down. And while that, that's interesting and there's nothing wrong with that, we really found that people responded better to something that was more concise that was like a cast list or a, or, or kind of a, a real quick bulleted point, something they could glance at real quick and go, oh, I get it. Um, this is this looks interesting. So and it we becomes entertaining in and of itself. Right. There's that, that that never ceases to get somebody to crack a smile. There's always something humorous in those first couple of pages, and uh, it people like it. We get a lot of feedback that that's that's a like like you said a, a great feature. Could you talk a little bit about your stable of authors, who you have right now, and maybe what we can expect in the future from you? Yeah, absolutely. We've got a, you know, you pointed out a couple at the beginning of the program. Uh, Sean Doolittle, who's written uh, Dirt and Burn, both um, crime novels set in Los Angeles. Um, there's Kurt Colbert, who uh, has written for us uh, Rat City and Sayonaraville, two 1947 period noir uh, mysteries set in Seattle, in and around Seattle. Um our newest book that just came out that's available is uh, Mark Kennard's Darkest Night, which is a uh, pretty gritty, uh, mean streets of Philadelphia, um, you know. Uh, re it's like The Sopranos if it were on the Food Network. Uh, it's uh, the, the main character is named Morris White, and he's a sous chef at a fancy French Philadelphia eatery. Um, and he gets involved with the uh, the sort of the criminal underbelly uh, when his uh, half brother um, gets out of prison, and he tries uh, you know tries to help a guy out, and instead you know just starts going down that 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 long dark spiraling path. He tries. To, he's uh, trying to escape his past, but it's catching up to him fast. Um, in the in the in the future, we uh, <clears throat> we have a. a, a a bunch of books that we could talk about that we're really excited about. Um, one is called Queer Street. It's the third book in the Seattle uh, pulp series that we're doing by Kurt Colbert um, that follows Rat City and Sayonaraville. Um, and Kurt is just a, a tremendous writer and uh, you know someone who, who's, who's writing never ceases to just charm me and thrill me. 
um, and we're very excited about uh, about that book. And that will be the f- yeah his first hardcover. Uh, the first two books were original paperback. Uh, we also have a, a a book later this year called Kill Whitey by a first time author named Ken Harville. And this is a this is about as whacked and and words I can't use on the radio to describe how insane this book is. It's 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 you know reading the book is like taking acid. It is just it is just trippy and crazy uh, and, and, and violent and wonderful in all those regards. Um, and uh, an- another thing... Uh, yeah, the, the uh, kind of the big news at this show anyway is uh, we are going to be publishing the trade paperback edition of Eddie Muller's The Distance, which was a uh, award-winning, um, also a period piece uh, in the 40s set in San Francisco about a boxing reporter who kind of, again, a regular guy gets in over his head. It seems like a really appropriate matchup for you guys. Yeah, yeah we're really excited about that. Well, yeah, you know, the, the the you know the day we met Eddie, we were just sort of like, why is this guy not in our publishing company? Uh, <laughs> you know, and and I and I like to think that Eddie has always thought the same thing is that that he is, you know, always sort of thought, well, you know, it's it's really great that I'm I've got this publisher over here, but Ugly Town's really my boys, and uh, and so the the the. I mean, we the, the chance to, to publish his stuff is just so thrilling, and we're 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 extremely excited, and we hope that the you know readers will be as excited as we are. We've been speaking with Jim Pasco and Tom Fossbender, founders of Ugly Town Publications. Thanks, Jim. Thank and you, Tom. Thank you.